and welcome to Here There Be Dragons, a Black Sails podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Lewis. And... We don't have Ned this week. No Ned this week. We're very sad, but we're very excited because season two is really good. Yeah. And with <laughs> or without Ned, we're really excited to get back to actually talking about yeah, the show. The show. I hope you enjoyed the, the last episode about treasure island stuff mm-hmm. and if you're just skip if you skip that one because you saw that it wasn't an episode recap i think you should listen to it it's really good I think not it's to really toot our own <laughs> it's really good well and also ned provides a perspective that is not on the podcast which is he doesn't know what's going to happen next right yeah it's really fun and setting us up with treasure island expectation going into the later seasons and as the plot develops it's a cool thing mm-hmm. so anyway sorry but we're back and it's season two it's season two. So, for our season premiere, before we meet the credits, we meet a new pirate, Ned Lowe, um, a.k.a. a psychopath, and he kills an entire crew and he kidnaps a young girl. After the credits, we see Flint come up with a new plan to take not the gold, but the warship, and Silver unwittingly volunteers to help. We then see our first flashback of a young naval officer named James McGraw, who will somehow become Flint. And he's talking to a nobleman named Thomas Hamilton about the pirate problem. In current times, Eleanor yells at Vane to show up to the meetings, and he tells her they should just take the treasure and run away. In our next flashback, we see McGraw and Hamilton attend an execution to discuss the everybody else problem. Present time, we check in with Jack and find he is regularly beaten and ridiculed, despite the success of the brothel, which is mostly thanks to Max. But that's partly due to the fact that Max is selling Eleanor's secrets, which she gets in trouble for with both Eleanor and Anne. Meanwhile, Flint and Silver are caught trying to take the warship, but the walrus crew arrives just in time to win the day. Max confronts Anne and they kiss. Ned Lowe confronts Eleanor and she's scared. Silver confronts Flint and they begin to take back their ship. Oh boy. No dragons in this one either. No, so far. I guess in our season one recap we should have said, oh, also, we made it a whole season with no dragons. Mm Mm-hmm. So far, nothing. So far, nothing. What's going on? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, actually we do get a truly but yeah you mentioned Ned Lowe is truly psychopathic and he may yeah. as well be a monster yeah for sure I want to talk about him first because okay. he is the introduction to this episode yeah and actually I was um surprised that he was I didn't remember that mm-hmm. I remembered the Flint flashbacks being the cold open mm. because I thought that was like setting up a storytelling conceit that is introduced in season two and yeah. so they would open with that but they didn't they opened with ned and they open and i remembered also the first scene in the episode one the pilot was mm-hmm. also a pirate attack but it did yes. not look like this no this one was a lot more it was cool like just the way it was shot and the stillness and the mm-hmm. uh anxiety and anticipation um of that confrontation from the merchant's end and then looking across the way and seeing the pirates all standing along the side of the ship just waiting for them to be brought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also cool to hear about um, Nassau from an outside perspective. Yeah. Where he was like, I hear it's actually going very well. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he thinks it's just like another business transaction. Yeah. And and him and the, uh, he tries to maintain this, this business, this merchant tries mm-hmm. to maintain some control of the situation with his men just saying like, 
we're managing a business here. They're businessmen. They get it. They want, they profit. They don't profit from blood. They profit from cargo. We'll handle this. It'll be easy for them. A frictionless transaction will mean no blood, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the moment, even when it seems like actually everything's going to be okay, when he says, um, gosh, like it sounds like business is booming in Nassau. They say that, they say that it's all run by a teenage girl. Yeah. It's just funny because he thinks he's like talking to another he's business like guy. Shop. Yeah, and like and like this guy speaks dollars yeah. and like dollars and efficiency and like optimized workflows. Mm-hmm. And it, well, I don't and know. It's, also, it's, it's such an attitude to where he's like, I've become fascinated with pirates. Yeah, and Nassau. Yeah, like in his little social circles back in England, he's like, well, you know, they're just businessmen. Yeah, just like us, and yeah. in fact. They may be enlightened. I think I think it's kind of meta on the show because the yeah, first scene totally. of the show was them being terrorists and mm-hmm. it was like you're sitting down for this black set for this pirate pirate show, this action pirate show, and the first scene is this like awful attack and there's bloodshed and there's growling and it's chaos. Um, and then if you've made it to the end of season one, then you know that's not what the show is about. Mm-hmm. And it's about the people and their their hopes for NASA and their like their long-term plans. And that is wrapped up in business. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of the story of the show has been business and also like some degree of enlightenedness too. Like they talk about the Greeks and like epic things. So for this guy to come in, it's almost like he's a viewer of the show and he's like, no, no, no. I know the real pirates. (laughs) They're fine. Yeah. I actually like they defanged themselves over the course of season one. So this merchant comes along and is like, actually, pirates are cool. Mm -hmm. And we've got this new character to say, actually, remember that we're still vicious, merciless bastards. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't love Ned Lowe as a character just because he does feel sort of meta. You know, like he always feels like he's serving a purpose for the show. Well, we haven't seen him do much, so. I mean, we've seen him. So far, it seems like he has no real reason to do what he does, except that he's a psychopath. No, 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 no. The reason that he killed everybody is because apparently that girl is important. He says specifically, "I was ready to let this pass as a peaceful transaction, but you have important cargo that we can't leave any witnesses for." So sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just don't. I don't love it. For some, there's some there's not anything about him that I'm like specifically drawn to or intrigued by. I'm not intrigued by him as a character, but um I like what he brings to the show. I don't know. He mm-hmm. like his confrontation with Eleanor was almost a rehash of the scene in season 1 where Eleanor had to swing herself around and show that she was the big bad boss of the place, but this time she actually kind of did it better. I think she fails i think she's really scared and vulnerable i know but and that scene to me i felt like oh but i could see how she has run this place like has has a control this place until this guy walked in like he's a change agent for the story yeah and she otherwise has her shit together but this guy is new whereas in the first episode she was just dealing with some drunk idiot and she didn't really have a good thing to say well we know how we feel about that scene (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i don't um i I don't think Ned has done a lot, but I like what he's brought to the show. I like the I like his his quartermaster having an a, an excuse for Eleanor to explain how business runs here and how she won't tolerate the way they come I mean, in. I love Mr. Meeks. Yeah, and I like that Ned. I I like. I mean, 
right off the bat, the cold open for the show is not an introduction of Ned Lowe. It's an introduction of this mystery. Yeah. About this girl. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, in a show that already had plenty of mystery. Yeah. They've got, like... <laughs> and plenty of pirates. Yeah. They've set up another pirate and another mystery. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, like, when I start season two, like, I just don't... I don't care about a new pirate. I feel like I'm just ready for a bad guy. Yeah, like everybody, that makes sense. The whole course of season one is like, and you know what? It, t- to be fair, it's a, not a very nuanced take on piracy to show us Vane, Jack, Flint, Silver, Gates, Billy. They're all kind of lovable in their own way. Mm. Like giving, and, and I guess Hornigold doesn't fit that pattern, but he's not really an active pirate. Give us giving us a pirate who is not lovable. Yeah, I think it's I think it's right time for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He's also gross. Yeah, he's super gross. Yeah. There's I also, something about a blonde mustache that is a little gross. <laughs> well, also in that he's, like, young. Yeah. He feels... Is that weird that he feels young to me? I mean... No, he de- He looks young. He looks like... He looks like very... I, that's why I love that they did the scar on his eye. Yeah. Because otherwise he would be, like, a little too pretty and a yeah. little too boyish. Yeah. But that scar tells you that, like... He's literally seen some shit go yeah, down. Yeah. You know? And I know you said you didn't like that aspect of, like, um, him being a meta-commentary on the show, but I do like the little speech he gives Eleanor about why he's an effective leader. He says, I'm not actually good at any of this thing, but the men can tell I'm not lying when I enact violence. It's not against my nature. It is my nature to be violent, and they will follow me because of that. And that's... I think that's... I mean, it's meta, but it's a very, I mean, it's a, it's a position we haven't seen. Like, yeah. we haven't seen any of these characters take delight in violence. Maybe we could say that Silver evolves to that in Treasure Island, or that we've seen some snippet of it, but we haven't really seen true sadistic pleasure in violence. Yeah, I don't, I, and maybe that's what I'm missing, though. Like, I don't know if he does get, I, I don't know, I feel like they either don't take it far enough, with his introduction of like, no, I just am out for me and I will kill anybody and it does not matter to me. Yeah. And I enjoy that. Like, the, I feel like that I enjoy that is kind of the next step. And maybe we'll get more of that and maybe I'm not, you know, fully remembering his character. But I there's just nothing that's really drawing me into him yet. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did notice, which is interesting, is that... and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the only time where we've seen someone use only guns. Huh. Like, his whole crew, they put them all down at the bottom of the boat, and they all shoot them. And then they do go down and finish them with swords, but they rely on guns, which are feel very distancing huh. and very easy. And, and Ned uses a gun to shoot the captain. Uh-huh. He doesn't use his sword, which is a very, like, more visceral, more immediate, more, you have to look at the man you're killing. You're saying with the sword? With the sword. Well, with the guns, it's a little, there. yeah, there's just a distance to the violence that hmm. I, I think is interesting. I don't know what it means. It's just something I noticed. Well, the thing I was thinking about when I saw them do using the guns is mm-hmm. I was like, that's a waste of ammo. Yeah, it is. It totally it, is. And I feel, is it on this show that they've like, I feel like there's been lines previously where they're like, 
bullets are rare and or or they're expensive they, and they haven't really said that they i think it's just been like guns are unreliable yeah because they misfire and then they take so long to reload again like just use the sword yeah it felt like um I mean, but also, I mean, maybe we're looking too into this because the reason they use guns is because they're executing them all at once. They're doing a mass execution. You can't mass execute with a sword. I mean, they were all sitting down there with no weapons. I know, but you if you have pirates that go through and just start walking through a group of 30 men with swords, that's not a guarantee. Like, a sword against an unarmed guy, maybe you'd win. A sword against four unarmed guys, like, it's not clear. Yeah. I think that scene was about a mass execution, and the best way to do that with from those pirates' point of view was with guns. But it is interesting that Ned also uses a gun against the captain. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for that new character. Yeah, that's all I gotta say I'm so about sick him. of that new character. <laughs> captain of the fancy and hot Mr. Meeks. Yeah, I do think Mr. Meeks is hot. <laughs> okay, Sorry cool. about it. Okay. Oh, oh, but one really quick thing. The captain... I think this is another moment that's just a little too on the nose for me. The captain says to his crew, these are men, not monsters. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Okay, sure. It's on the nose, but like, that's a question. I mean, it's a major theme. It's a theme. Of the story. And obviously we're seeing like, we thought the first season was turning the monsters into men. And now we're seeing that among these men, there are still monsters. Yeah. And also like... Flint thinks of them as, like, idiotic men with bladders and swords, you know? Like, he doesn't think of them as as fully formed human beings. He thinks of them as, like, his army. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, anyway. um, Anyway. So, what do you want to talk about? Keep talking about Eleanor? Yeah. I... I, This is more a quick thing, because they just have that one scene together, but... I just love that we get another parallel between Vane and Max because Eleanor comes in and she's like, can you please do this one thing and show up for the meetings? That's literally all I ask (laughs) that you do. And he basically says, why don't we take the treasure that Flint brings back and keep it for ourselves and run away together? Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what Max offered her in like episode two was I'm going to have some money coming my way let's run away together and I mean and we've already seen that's not what Eleanor wants Mm -hmm. so I don't know I just love that unknowingly he yet again is following in the exact same path that Max is Mm -hmm. of just thinking that they know her and that they love her but they don't actually know her and they don't actually know what she wants. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partially because she's still figuring out what she wants and realizing that what she wants is for NASA to succeed and that her self-worth is inherently tied to that success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't write down anything about that scene. I thought it was kind of a rehash of the end of season one. Yeah. Um, and that's this, true. It is kind of just catching us up. It is sort of catching us up. Where they're at, what yeah. they're doing. Also, though, I just, like, he, I want to know if he planned to have sex with Adele right when he knew Eleanor was coming. Yeah, probably. It's like, they stop showing off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, oh, I I don't know why I wrote wrote down a lot about this scene. I'm not sure why. Um, 
I just love when he says, um, how can you see such a partner in him and such a villain in me? When he's talking about Flint to Eleanor. Like, that just seems so sad to me. Like, he's, he's actually trying to be her partner. No, he's not. He's undermining her. Like, well, he's, he's being an idiot. He's undermining her because his feelings are hurt. Initially, he's, he's acting like a child. Yeah, it's not very interesting to me. He is, he is acting like a child, but at the same time, like I get it. Where he's like, "I tried," and you still respect Flint more than me. Yeah. So why should I try? You you are determined to see me as a bad guy. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of sad. Um, I did write down one thing uh-huh. I forgot when she says uh, establish a future that's not measured in months. Yeah. I just, um, I don't know. I liked that line. I like that phrasing. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so clear. Yeah. You, you know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then she goes to the brothel. Uh-huh. And we check in, <laughs> we check in with Jack, who we first see pooping. Yeah, and taking a sweet time. Yeah. But then poor Jack gets just the shit kicked out of him and peed on. Yeah, it's awful. It's really awful. It's it's sort of a... Like you said in the end of our season one recap that mm-hmm. um, Vane coming in and condemning him to a life not on the sea was the worst thing that could happen to him. Yeah. And it's like, that's not really true because he's been managing this business and he seems fine but then like and i don't think it's the fact that he's being beaten that that makes him feel bad it's the ridicule it's the shame it's the shame and it's like it's not actually that he's not going to be on the ship it's that everyone knows that he can't be on the ship because vane has decreed it so because vane has spread the word about this murder yeah and has dragged his name through the mud yeah but that didn't start happening until vane came back you know like i think it is a nice um clarification of the season one finale yeah. Of what it actually means emotionally and socially mm-hmm. for Jack. Because I think I think watching the end and I was I was definitely placing a lot of my knowledge of the series on that ending. Like I think if I was watching it for the first time I wouldn't necessarily be like, This is awful for this to happen to Jack and he's so sad and he's so upset. Watching the season one finale for the first time. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I'm just saying I was projecting some of my knowledge on. Oh, I see. Onto that. Okay. But I think that this scene is a nice clarification, of. Yeah, just where Jack's at. Mm-hmm. What's become of my name? I know that's so crucible. Yeah, my name. <laughs> the way he said it, it sounded like he was making fun of, uh, like Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did, but it, I just thought it was perfectly balanced between being a little melodramatic because Jack is a little melodramatic. Yeah. And being just really sincere and really upset. The like the the way he said they pissed on me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But what about Max and Anne? Yeah. Well, what I love about the scene when Eleanor sits down and she's like, "Look, here's what happened in the business." And there's this new guy, and she's like trying to figure it out with Jack. I love that Max just sits down at the table. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I deserve a seat now, and so I'm going to do it. And then she reveals that she's sold this information. because She's like, why wouldn't I? That's my business. Mm-hmm. 
It was and, great that Eleanor comes in and is mm-hmm. like, I'm in charge. I'm, I'm, I'm the boss around here. And mm-hmm. she's like giving them that look with her eyes. Yeah. And then Max is just like, actually though, like I did though. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like you not going to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also just made me think that like, like this is how women fight. Mm. Like these are the tools that they use, especially in this world of like, uh, I'm going to betray you, but in a way that's not that overt, mm-hmm. but you still know mm-hmm. that I did that to hurt you. Wait, you mean women fight with each other? Yeah. Oh, you don't mean women fight in general? I think both, but particularly with each other. Mm. In a way where it's like, I'm saying one thing, but you know and I know that my intention is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, like, Max didn't really make that much money from selling this information. Maybe if she does it all the time, she would. And she probably does. But the real intention was to say, this is my space. Uh-huh. And did she... She didn't sell the lead to Ned, right? Or did yeah, she? she did. She sold it to Ned. Yeah. Or okay. to Mr. Meeks or whoever was in... They're from that crew. Okay, okay. I didn't quite make that connection. Yeah, she gave it to just like a reliable, boring guy and was like, why didn't he get it? Someone usurped it and got there first and we need to figure out how so it doesn't happen again. Right, right, right. Because he messed up all the cargo. He doesn't know how we do it here. And then Anne, of course, gets really mad at Max. Yep. For not telling them her plan, which is interesting because... And did not tell Jack her major plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in season one. So she's expecting a little more from Max than she even is willing to give her own partner. Hmm. Well, I don't think she thinks of Max as a partner. But she's she's expecting to have a level of trust there. I don't think she's got anything to be upset about. I think she's no. just acting out about this whole thing. Yes, for sure. I think that all this conflict, I mean, the conflict is clearly, like, not material. Yeah. It's just the lead up to this final scene. Yeah. Um, well, so we do see Max and Anne kiss. And you're happy about that? I'm conflicted about that. Because I love Mac or love um, Jack and Anne. Yeah. But clearly this has been bubbling for a while, this tension between them. There's something going on between Max and Anne. I don't know, but and ugh, who's good for her? I don't know. Who's good know. for who, Anne? Yeah. Do you think that the courtship of Max and Eleanor looked similar to this? Mm, no. I wondered that the whole time because Max seemed to know exactly what was going on and exactly how to approach Anne. Yeah. And I thought about Anne being a, a woman who was trying to break through in a quote-unquote man's world mm. and how Eleanor has grown up around men yeah. with power and how she's tried to come up in power. Mm-hmm. And I just... And it, there's just something about the way that Max is navigating these scenes that's mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously, if she feels it, she feels it. Mm-hmm. But she is coming into that situation as a pro. Yeah. And not just because Anne is clearly scared by this... Or uncomfortable with it to some degree. But I don't know. It felt like Max is making moves that she's made before to me. That is such an interesting parallel between Anne and Eleanor. That's what I'm here for. You're smart. (laughs) (laughs) I totally see that. And yeah. And 
there is a power imbalance where Max does know exactly what to do. Yeah. She's been in relationships with women before. She knows how to manipulate customers, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a level of questioning her sincerity. I'm not saying she doesn't like Anne. Yeah. I'm just saying she's been in this situation before. She recognizes... there's It's possible. Yeah. As a viewer, there's doubt. Oh, oh. I think there's reasonable doubt. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. I think it's just down to those two actresses. Yeah. Really? I think Anne is sincere. I think Anne, it's like so... But it's also, is she sincere because she is attracted to a woman and wants to figure out what that's like? Or is she sincere in that she's attracted to Max? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if they know. Who knows? Nobody knows. Yep. We'll just have to keep watching that. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, and hopefully poor Jack will fare a little better. Um, so the other half of this story is not on Nassau. It's on a beach somewhere <laughs> um, where Flint has concocted a new plan. New plan. There's a couple new plans in this um, episode. But he has a new plan to take not the gold, but instead take the warship, which we've seen its power. Yeah. Um, it's so, I love, I was thinking so much about Ned's speech when he was like, because I think actually even that scene came afterwards where he said, I'm not good at navigation. I'm not good at the politics. Flint's always just been good at being like, what's the situation? Okay, here's the plan. And he yeah. confidently, I'm going to deliver it to all you guys. I guess actually that's not true. He's not always been that way because the season one finale showed us that in a moment of great emotional strife, he can yeah. falter. Yeah. Um, but also like here he is back on his feet. He like, I also love when he's back delivering the speech and you kind of, fe- I kind of felt like, sinking back into the couch and being like, ah, oh, yeah. here we go, old Flint. And then one of the guys, like, 20 seconds in, is like, what? Why are we listening yeah. to you? And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Why are they listening to him? I <laughs> fell right back into the, like, oh, Flint, what's your plan? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a... it's a, uh, I just... Yeah, and on top of that, I love when he's on the beach and we finally get to see him, like, reveal how much he does not care about this crew. Yeah. He's just like... These are, these are a bunch of idiots and I like, fuck everybody. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. No. But wait, what he says to Dufresne you're talking about, yeah. right? When he says, fuck the men. Yeah. They deserve to die. Yeah. Basically. And like you most of all deserve to die. Yeah. Oh, what does he say? You cowardly sniveling shit of a mutineer. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's really intense. I mean, it's, it's a great... But what's so intense also is his turnaround. I mean, there's definitely, there's a moment he's like, no, fuck you all. Just kill me. I don't care anymore. And Dufresne's like, okay, I'm going to go tell him. And he, and Flint looks at, at the water and he sees the ship and you see the moment where he gets the idea and he's like, ugh, man. I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ramp myself back up again. I got to get these guys inspired again. But I have an idea. I got to keep going. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, so this whole arc then turns for, between Flint and Silver. It just gives us the sort of, it gives us the beginning of the little buddy, buddy, yeah, like 
story between Flint and Silver that we feel like we've wanted this whole time. Yeah. It's just like, especially again for us, after having just talked to Ned, someone who was just coming off of the pretext of Treasure Island Mm -hmm. and expectations he had of those characters, just seeing like Flint and Silver alone in a, in a dangerous situation going on a little adventure, Mm -hmm. um, was great. And I also feel like, uh, that was the first... Like, I didn't remember until we were watching season one how little we got of Silver. Yeah. And in this episode already, you... Like, just a little moment when they're alone mm-hmm. and they're about to uh, go... Um, and they're about to get ready to, to uh, swim out to the oh, ship. Yeah, yeah. And Silver's like, did you actually mean to go? Yeah. Like, we should escape and we should go... Like, there was a moment where I think we saw Silver actually in a moment of indecision. Yeah. Like, where he changed his mind about something. Mm-hmm. And have we really, like, seen that? I guess we've seen him think uh, think on his feet and adapt yeah. to, like, changing scenarios and come up with plans and stuff. But that was a moment where I was like, oh, we're watching him do the calculation of survival right now in his head. Right. And he's decided that instead of walking inland, he's going to go with Flint. Right. Well, and also we see sort of another clue of how actually inept he is as a sailor. Yeah. Like... In the, in the first season, we saw he, like, he can't cook, and it's, like, kind of a joke. We get it. He's a bad cook. But this one, Flint was like, that town is not even in that direction. Yeah. And it's going to take you th- this amount of time to actually get there. Yeah. Like, that's not a plan. Yeah. It's not social. It's not person to person. It's, like, actual survival skills. Yeah. Like, wilderness skills. Right. <laughs> he does not have his wilderness badge. Like, he and, cannot do it. Yeah, and you can see that he's, like, He's in over his head. Yeah, like, in a yeah. way that I wish we had... I mean, I guess it's fine. Season one is what it is. Yeah. But, like, you kind of... Yeah, you get this impression of Silver as inexperienced. Yeah. And just making it up as he goes along. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he's good at is talking to people. Yeah. Um, and so, he, you're totally right. He makes the decision that he's going to talk to Flint. Yeah. And I love the moment where he... Um, he gets the boat whistle. Yeah. And Flint is so mad at him. And he's like, wait a minute, you're just mad because it's not your plan. Yeah. You're mad because I actually contributed in a way that you didn't think would, you didn't think of it. Oh my God. The little banter between them is, is it's so, so good. good. When he's like, you're the, I'm the only one who wants you alive right now. Yeah. <laughs> and also because again, he does that, he does that same thing where like, all of a sudden, Silver opens his mouth and he changes the entire way that I'm reading the situation. Because, mm-hmm. like, up until he said that, I was like, yeah, why is Flint doing this to him? Yeah. Like, does he not realize? I don't know. But I think we just, again, are seeing two characters who are really smart. Yeah. Like, I think the reason that Silver has to work so hard to convince him that, like, I'm on your side is because he respects Flint's intelligence so much that he used to come up with really crafty ways to get in there. Yeah. Huh. And what is at the root of Flint's distrust of Silver? Is it just Flint's distrust of everybody? Yeah, I think it's just nobody's in the inner circle. Yeah. Except Miranda. Yeah. That's it. For ten years. And it was Gates. Gates was kind of in it, too. But not even Gates was all the way in there. Gates knew about Miranda. He knew about Miranda, but he... Did he know about his whole past life? I mean... Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a great... Um, 
it's a great little arc for them. Mm-hmm. I also like Flint kills a lot of people in this episode. Yeah, he does. Like I, I we'd said earlier about Ned, um, yeah, being the first example of sort of merciless cold violence. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess I wouldn't describe what Flint is doing as cold. I think you could. I don't know. I, I I don't know. But I think it's we don't see it as cold because we know more about his purpose. But so maybe it's not. I don't know. But it. I just think that the, that there's a nuance to violence. Yeah. That um, I don't know if the show is entirely about, but I was thinking as we just watch scene after scene where Flint is slowly sinking his knife into people's chests and necks and. Yeah. It doesn't seem hard for him, but it doesn't yeah. seem like he's enjoying it at all. Right. I don't know. And it's it, something he has to get done. Yeah. And also, and it, though, he uses a small knife and he gets inches away from their faces. Right. Which is a contrast to the guns at the beginning. See, the guns did come back. They were important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very intimate. It's intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's, for the funny scene. Oh my god. Chelsea's favorite scene <laughs> in the whole show. I love that scene because it's so hilarious. Wait, wait, we gotta talk. What, okay, what I'm is sorry, the I'm sorry. What what is the scene? We haven't oh, said what the scene yeah, is. Yeah, when they're <laughs> when they're captured by the Spanish and Silver is like, Yes, I'll tell you everything. Yes. <laughs> so they, they let him go and and Flint actually believes. The way Flint responds to like you yeah, <laughs> tries he, to move over to him is so funny. He actually believes that he's being betrayed in that moment, and which is just so brilliant because Silver can totally use it to his advantage to help them escape. And he, oh, it's so good. And <laughs> and then when he gets the gun and he's trying to decide who gets shot, I love how Flint just picks up on these details and he's like, "That one has more scars. That means this. You kill him." And he's like. But, Someone's gonna get the gun. I just love how quickly they go back and forth. Yeah, making this plan together. Yeah, and so, and when Silver goes, you mean I'm actually gonna have to fight him? And that's maybe one of my favorite moments of the entire series. Where Flint goes, well, what the fuck did you think was gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a funny, great scene, but it also yeah. shows you how Flint and Silver are both. Very clever and very fast thinking, yeah. and in working in tandem, they're they are unstoppable. Yeah, and uh, how um, Flint's modus operandi is fighting, and Silver's is cleverness Ducking. and tricking. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it's it's just such a great little micro, microcosm scene of like. Yeah, I love that straight off the bat in the season two, we get a scene like that totally. that's just about these two men and how they navigate hard situations. Yeah, and then when they they barricade up. They put the table out front and he's and Flint kind of takes on his captain role again where he's like, you're going to hold your fire. First, we're going to use our guns. Then we're going to use our swords. And I mean, they're literally like barricading themselves ready to potentially die together. Mm-hmm. Like they know an entire half crew or whatever skeleton crew is going to come through that door for them. But then, of course, the walrus shows up. And it's so happy when they do. Yeah. It's a little unexpected when they do, because I don't know if they, like, were looking for a signal. Well, Maybe yeah, I they didn't... they saw the guy I didn't understand down. what was happening. To me, it seemed like, um... And I, I'm trying to remember how the episode ends exactly, because I read it as Dufresne just sort of led them in an assault on the ship. Yeah. Like, counter to the plan, because he just didn't 
wasn't comfortable with Flint having control at that point, and he wanted to usurp Flint in some way. Maybe. Um, but then by the end of the episode, he does follow through on their deal, which is letting the yeah. fate of Flint be put to a vote. Flint and Silver, right? Yeah, Flint and Silver. Yeah. I think what it might be is that they saw the guy come down from the watch. Or they heard the whistle? No, the whistle wouldn't have been heard. No. no. I don't know. Unclear. But they show up. They save the day. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, and... Yeah, they save the day. And they get the best ship you could possibly have as a pirate. Yeah, and then they just turn around and set sail. And yeah. it's just like, it's so weird. I, even watching it now, is like, how is nobody just like, let's go back and just get it, man. Yeah. Nobody does that. It's only Flint who's like looking wistfully over at the gold Yeah. Um, as they're leaving. And then that last scene, after Dufresne tells them... Uh, uh, You've been pardoned or yeah, your sentence re- has been commuted yeah the result of the vote um those those last lines of the episode where silver says i think i know what you're thinking yeah <laughs> um and also like we I mean, we spent a lot of time again at the end of season one episode eight just being like what is silver thinking yeah and i think this line is, is all that is that mm. silver is reading flint and he sees that flint wants that gold mm-hmm. and silver's like okay, then I'm here for I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's especially a distinction in this episode between the capability of Flint and the intensity of Flint. Like, he's been shot in the shoulder, mm-hmm. and he swims to take a warship by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. And I think that Silver recognizes that, like, these other losers, like, they're not going to get me anything great in this world. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll survive with them. But, I, I don't know. I think the comparison between Flint and, like, the rest of the pirates is heightened mm-hmm. in this episode. Yes. And I, again, like, I'm thinking about what Ned said about how, like, he's the real deal when it comes to this mm-hmm. thing. And I think, especially when you're, especially when you're contemplating the future where, Dufresne is captain? Is Dufresne captain now? Yeah. You just... um, You just know in your bones that Dufresne is not a captain. Yeah. Oh, but a side note. We have a new actor. Yeah, I was going to mention that at the end. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, But yeah, Dufresne is new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the first actor wasn't able to continue the show, which is unfortunate because I I really like the first guy who plays him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we got a new Dufresne. Yeah, new Dufresne. Same glasses, new Dufresne. Same arc. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. The Dufresne story is, is, uh, is really cool. Yeah. It, like, it serves an interesting purpose to have seen, because we, we feel like we saw the introduction of him and that. We saw a young, nerdy, yeah. boyish Dufresne. You're just saying nerdy because he wears glasses. Oh, because he was also good with the logs and stuff. Yeah, because he was a nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. I know. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh, but, 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 and Ned says that thing about like the men can tell. Yeah. And it's like, for some reason on this crew, well, actually I know the reason on this crew, why Silver is the only one who recognizes that Flint is a capital G, great capital M man. Which we'll talk about soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
But it's just like the rest of that crew has been put through so much shit. They're just like, they're blinded by that. But yeah. it's just so clear yeah. that there's, that there are special people in this world. You know, Eleanor's one of them. Mm-hmm. Vane is one of them. Mm-hmm. Flint is one of them mm-hmm. who like just exude power. Yeah. Who just are power. Power that just is. Power that just is. And that's like, it's an unspeakable or an unnameable mm-hmm thing i guess i don't know it, it's a it's a thing i was thinking about a lot this episode because it's because also he's captain flint like he's yeah. your he's your he's yeah. the legendary captain and you want to like pardon him and send him to jail or something yeah it's 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 interesting it's crazy so anyway yeah so then speaking of great men yeah speaking of great men we get our first flashbacks mm. which is so fun um where we get to see Flint's origin story. Yeah. Which is, I don't think this is spoiling anything to say it, but I think after you watch season two, that's one of the reasons it's really fulfilling to rewatch season one, because you get some of these mysteries filled in. Yeah. And you sort of get what's going on a little bit more, especially between Flint and Miranda in season one. Yeah. So we'll probably reference season one more as we continue to talk about them. But we see Flint. He's much younger. He's got a clean face. He's got he a longer great. pony. And he's a naval officer. Yeah. Which and explains he's... a lot about his tactics. Yes. That, that, that's the first mention we've we've gotten that's official, that we can see with our own eyes. Yeah. He was a naval officer, so. right? I think so. Um, Correct us if we're wrong. But I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it explains a lot. And also, it's just, it's so funny, actually, now that, that right off in the heels was saying, like, he just exudes power. He, he, God, Toby Stevens is so good he's because so good. you can see that he's the same man, yeah. but he seems younger. Mm-hmm. He seems a little more fresh faced, mm-hmm. um, even though he's clearly a very skilled officer and all these things. This is a different man than the Flint. He's got a little more, um, well, he's got just like a different kind of swagger. Yeah. You know, it, it's a swagger where it's like, yeah, I'm smart. <laughs> and his swagger now is like yeah i've murdered people <laughs> you know what I mean? his swagger now is more like intimidation driven and like power driven and his swagger back in the flashbacks is more like self-confident and like precocious well you remember that we've never seen flint have to interact with anybody that he perceives as having more power than him totally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but even when he's talking to hamilton who has more power than he does he, like, makes a little joke about how, like, oh, my lack of education is showing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he he's not 100% just, like, pure respect. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, but anyway, those are the great little flashbacks. We get mm-hmm. to see the, we see the introduction of, of Flint, whose real name is James McGraw. Yeah. We see him meet Thomas Hamilton and we see him meet Miranda. Mm-hmm. And he and Miranda have this great little conversation about great men. Yeah. And what it's like to be in the presence of great men and how, I guess, yeah. well, actually, I guess she, she echoes the things I was talking about, how like yeah. you can just tell. Yeah. Um, well, I just love how she says, I, I love that we get to hear about Hamilton from her because we know her, we trust her. Yeah, like, we you're know right. she's smart. We know she's empathetic. We like, we trust what she says at yeah. this point. And when she says, 
isn't it incredible to be around my husband? Because he is a one-of-a-kind great man yeah. who will never stop trying to change this world. We're just like, yeah, okay. Like, we don't need to see him do anything or, like, make a speech or say anything. Like, we just believe her because we know her. Yeah. So we're like, yes, Thomas Hamilton is a great man. I also want to recap. So the reason that they're together, yeah. like, the, the flashback is showing that Flint was working on this project basically with thomas hamilton which is the eradication of pirates from which is the transformation of pirates yes yeah so one quick clarification new providence island is nassau oh yeah he says new providence island yeah right. they mean nassau that's the same thing so hamilton has a plan for new providence island to sort of change it and take the power away from the pirates and make it more civilized and Flint's basically like, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a really hard job. And he says, well, you know, together they're going to work on it. He Flint is sort of the representation from the Navy to work on this project of what to do about the pirates. And one of like, I feel like one of the major themes for the show happens when Flint says, okay, well, let me show you what the real problem is going to be. And he takes Hamilton to the hanging of davy something or other which is funny um why because davy jones oh i don't think that guy's supposed to be davy jones well it's a poking a little bit of davy jones davy something or other hmm okay i don't know it's fun um but we see the crowd and how much they need monsters Mm-hmm. Is what Flint says. He says, "I didn't. I didn't want to show you this guy. I wanted to show you them mm-hmm. because he says something like, whenever civilization needs its monsters.' He says civilization needs its monsters, but he also says like the only thing that gets in a way of great ideas is other people. Yeah, <laughs> which is like Flint's life. Yeah, <laughs> is him trying to execute these great ideas, and other people just keep getting in his way." Mm-hmm. The other thing that that flashback scene does is not just introduce us to uh, James McGraw and the Hamiltons, it introduces us to England. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just even taking us there. Um, I feel like we mentioned or hinted at um, in the last, or they hinted at in the last season, there's a world outside of Nassau. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, it's just a, uh, it changes the world of the show. Yeah. Like, if, if the magna, if the if our view of the world of the show has been a magnifying glass on this one island and the activity about this island and this treasure galleon that's come within mm-hmm. a few days travel of the island, to widen the view a little bit and say, here's over what was ha- here's what was happening five or six years ago. When was it supposed to be? Ten years ago. I think ten years. Um. Here's and here's here's them talking about Nassau in England. Yeah. Naval officers talking about it in England, and it's just like, oh. Yeah, this island is mm-hmm. important, and it's mm-hmm. important to other people, mm-hmm. and that's an important thing to remember. Well, and England has kind of been looming in the background a little bit, England and Spain with the Urca, but it's also shocking to see Flint completely part of the system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, and and 
not only a part of the system of like the aristocracy, he's in like the system of the military. Mm-hmm. Like he is in it and he seems to be a fan of it. Mm-hmm. He seems very comfortable in his role there. So I just love how like Black Sails is set up as kind of the origin story of Long John Silver because as a prequel to Treasure Island, you just assume it's going to be an origin story about Long John Silver because he's obviously the most interesting character as we've talked about from the book. But now we're getting like the origin story of Flint. Well, this is what we were saying again from the Treasure Island book. If you're going to understand any of the characters and what they went through, you have to understand who Captain Flint was. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and the show is like diving deeper into that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Also, Miranda's dress is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cool. Well, that's, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah. It's a great episode. It's a great season beginner. It's so And it's setting up a great season. I can't wait to watch the rest of this season. I know. I know. It's, yeah. There's, it's already, I mean, there's some, rewatching season one, there's some good episodes in season one. Mm -hmm. But it already feels like they've got, the creators have more of a free reign of telling the story they want to tell. They've got a little bit of a bigger budget. They are just like really sinking their teeth into the characters. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Tidbit time. <laughs> I think that's the, the phrase. Of, it's the official name now. Yeah, that's our new segment. Tidbit time. Um, I wrote when Flint and Silver are climbing onto the uh, Spanish warship. Mm-hmm. I wrote down nice wet butts. Yes. Real nice wet butts. Mm-hmm. I thank you for bringing that up, Liz. It's a very important point. Well, I saved it for the tidbits. <laughs> um, I love when Eleanor says to Vane, stop telling me what I think. Yeah. Stop telling me what you think I think. Yeah, what you think I think. That's crazy. <laughs> I mentioned cowardly sniveling shit of a mutineer. Mm-hmm, you did. Oh, I just thought we sort of touched on this, but when they're leaving the ship, um, on the warship, you can just see in Flint's face that like, it costs him so much to leave that gold. Yeah. Laying on that beach. Ugh. But also, yeah, now that's making me think like, you just think about the parallel of how they showed up to that beach, which was with two ships. They had the map, Mm -hmm. they had gates. Flint was a captain. Yeah. And they leave with one ship, no gates. Flint. Exiled. Yeah. Yeah. How could that have happened? I know. You know. It's the sands. Oh. It's the shifting sands. Yeah. And, and, you know, we saw it all happen and we we saw it. I mean, this is another thing. It happened in one episode. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing again I love about the show (laughs) is that like. That that story is so moving forward, and you mm-hmm. and you watched it all happen. Mm-hmm. But when you stop and think about it, and you think, "Oh my God!" Like these things change, like these legendary men and legendary situations that we think of as inevitable, yeah, are like can shift at the at the changing tides. I guess yeah. I don't know the drop of a hat, the drop of the ship, the sand, whatever. Um, but yeah, but wait, how did it happen? It was just like Flint underestimating his losing control of the crew and how he was losing control of his own uh, secret. It was Flint's bad plan. Yeah. He had a bad plan. 
He had a bad plan. And he can't accept being wrong and he can't accept giving up. Which we see again when Silver's like, you're mad I took this whistle because it's not your plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's okay to have people help you. And it's okay to change things and to make a new plan, which is what Silver does all the time. Mm-hmm. He's always changing things. He's always making a new plan. Mm-hmm. He's always taking in new information. That's true. That's a good idea. That's a good point. Okay. I think that's it. Great. You, as always, can find us on Twitter at There Be Sales. Tweet at us. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think of season two. Tell us, uh, some, some of you tweeted about, some gave us some feedback on the Treasure Island episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we always appreciate more feedback and all that stuff because, you know, we want to do episode recaps, but we also want to bring in outside thoughts and other mm-hmm. uh, perspectives on the Black Sails and Treasure Island mythos, so. Mm-hmm. Um, more guests. Yeah. So keep an eye out, and maybe we'll have more special episodes coming. If you have ideas for them, let us know. And and leave us a review on uh, yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Um, All right. Well, um, see you next week. Tell me I'm wrong. Good. <laughs>